Leadership is Influence, John C. Maxwell. Hey, hustlers, welcome to the Hustle Show audio experience. Real, no filter conversations with successful entrepreneurs where we go over the harsh truth nobody told you about being an entrepreneur. And now, your host, Christian Ariola. Hey, Hustlers, Christian here, host of The Hustle Show, where we have real, no-filter conversation with successful entrepreneurs. I'm very pumped and excited to for having you here, you know, tuning in on episode 36. And, and you know, I'm very excited and thrilled to have our guest today, Jeremy Slate, who has a quite the, the fascinating story, you know, one of those hustling stories that we love to share. And, you know, just to give you a little background on him, you know, he has an ancient history master's degree so it's not the typical uh whole you know guest that we have and that's why i wanted to have him because you know he's you know he went to he went to um college he got his master's he was actually shooting for a phd he wanted to teach college um but he actually says that he didn't try hard enough uh so he continued getting uh you know he became the manager at the gym where he worked eight years he also took a, a job painting houses and he taught, uh, you know, high school. So he was all about trying to figure out what was his life about. And suddenly in late 2015, he started his own podcast called Create Your Own Life, which I totally recommend you go tune in. It's an amazing podcast and he has great eye for the guests. And, you know, all of a sudden from there, his life took off incredibly. And now, uh, you know, aside from his podcast, he is uh, the founder of Get Featured Media and Slate Media Productions. And I know now, you know, he's pretty well recognized as a media influencer out there. So I'm super thrilled to welcome you, Jeremy. Hey, Christian, I'm stoked to be here, man, and uh, offer some value to your audience and uh, get that hustle on, man. Yeah, let's do it, man. I mean, <laughs> you know, your, your your story is fascinating. And, and those are the stories that I love. Um, you know, I come from corporate America, too, and I hated it. And, and as soon as I got the opportunity to quit, I did. So, you know, guide me through the, through the, what was the story there? How you went from, you, you wanted to be a PhD, you know, a, a doctor, teacher, and now you're an influencer and have your own podcast. Like, that's crazy, man. Dude, what it, happened there? It, it's like, it's like off the wall, man. Like, um, like seriously, um, I, I started out young, like always doing something. So at 11, I had a newspaper route where I was delivering 250 newspapers, um, every day. So I was kind of weighed down on a bicycle, if you can only imagine. So I was always doing that and I was doing very well and doing, you know, making money, but I didn't really know what my own dream was. So um, my parents were, were both um, high school graduates and that was it. I'm from a small town that's uh, three eighths of a mile. So nothing really happens here in North Jersey. Um, I, I live about 45 minutes away from that now, um, but nothing really happens. Nobody really gets out. Nobody really does anything. So for me, it was a big deal to go to college and my parents always wanted to be teachers. So I'm like, okay, I'll be a teacher. That sounds great. I didn't know my own dream. So I did my undergrad degree in world religions. Um, I studied uh, literature at Oxford, and uh, then I got my master's in ancient history. Go figure. I'm obsessed with Alexander the Great to this day. Um, that was literally one of my favorite historical things. And uh, I didn't really get into the PhD program I wanted, um, and I didn't really work hard enough to get into any other ones. So I just kind of got out, and I had been running my own in-home personal training company in the background for about eight years, um, working with people there. So I always had that entrepreneurial I guess, fire. So I was doing something, but you get out and you're like, all right, what do you, what do you do now? So I was personal training along with painting houses about a year after graduation. And, uh, I ended up running into a, uh, priest friend in my family 
because in New Jersey, you need a teaching certificate if you want to teach in public school and, you know, like actually make some decent money. Um, in New Jersey, uh, for private school, you don't need a degree. And uh, it's kind of like working at a Burger King drive through in terms of the money you make. So uh, you work really long hours. You make pretty much nothing. And uh, it's kind of like this. So you want to be a teacher. Okay, good. You've written a lesson plan before. No, okay, good. Write your first one. Um, and here's your classroom. Good luck. See you later. So they walk into a room with like 40 <laughs> kids and you're just like, dear God, what do I, what do I do? You know, um, you, you ever watch South Park growing up? Yeah. There's the episode where Cartman's the teacher and he goes, help me to teach these kids. It was kind of like that. <laughs> um, so I, so I'm, I'm like, I didn't really know what to do, man. And I got burnt out very quickly. And I, I feel like, uh, you know, it, it makes me sound like the old, the old guy in the room uh, that I'm like, you know, it's so much different than when I went to school. I'm, I'm 30 years old now and I was doing this at 25, but it is like we didn't have social media in high school. We didn't have nobody had a cell phone until I graduated. So it was a very different situation of these kids are just trying to aggressively get you upset so that they can take a picture of you or take a video of you and put you on YouTube or Snapchat or something like that. So you're just like you're always on edge. So I was just kind of miserable coming home every night. And my wife was approached about a network marketing opportunity, which small town. I didn't know what this was. I thought it was like a real job. And uh, I see this presentation. I'm like, dude, I'm gonna make like a million bucks next month. This is awesome. How does nobody know about this? So um, needless to say, that didn't happen. I ran through a lot of friends, a lot of connections, and my circle actually started to get really small from being somebody in my local area that was really, really well known um, because I was going after people with an opportunity that wasn't really for them. And I was kind of driving hard at this thing. So I made a decent amount of money, but I very quickly used up my network. I used up a lot of my connections. And I wasn't really having fun anymore. I really wasn't enjoying myself because I, I don't know if you've been in, in that space yourself or you've worked with anybody that is, but your social connections and the way you deal with people starts to get weird after a while. You're always trying to dig at people's conversations and find some place where they're not happy so you can present them with your opportunity. So it, it really just made life not fun anymore. So I kept doing that in the background. I'm like, you know what? You know what sounds great? I could just hustle harder. So I'm going to sell life insurance at the same time bad idea. I'm also going to sell products on Amazon at the same time. Also a really bad idea. So now I'm doing three things, max out on time, making no money, absolutely miserable. And I just remember this one day sitting in the basement at my parents' house. Cause at that time um, my mom had had a stroke when I was 24. So I was kind of helping take care of my mom. So I'm just kind of sitting there staring at the wall and I'm like, I got no money left, man. Like what, what am I going to do? Like, I really didn't know what I was going to do. Um, so I started taking away things that didn't really work for me. Um, you know, I got rid of the network marketing. I got rid of uh, the Amazon stuff. I got rid of the insurance and I looked at it and I said, well, what am I really good at? And I was good at website building and digital marketing. I had taught myself from years of working on YouTube and all these different things. So I started working for a friend's digital marketing firm and it kind of gave me some income. And I had been a podcast listener since 2004. One of my college professors has got me into this podcast called the No Agenda Show that kind of like makes fun of the news and stuff like that. I'm like, you know, I could do that podcast thing. So I tried it and it flopped. It was called Rock Your Life. It was horrible. Um, you can't find it on Google anywhere, thank God. Um, and then in November <laughs> of 2015, I started to create your own life. And it was because I approached it as a professional and really made this list of the top 100 people I wanted to learn from that it really changed the game, man. And from there, it just created a lot of amazing opportunities by uh, being positioned with opinion leaders. That's amazing, man. And that's quite a fascinating <laughs> story. And And, and you know what, what, to be honest with you, like a lot of people already are familiar a little bit with my story, but it's very similar to you. The only difference is I'm still in the middle of it. 
I'm still I'm still in the hustle part, man. Um, but you know, it's, I, I, it's, I'll never stop hustling, man. So don't so don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you never really stop. You know, it, it is something that it's in you, and I don't know. I don't care what people say. If there's a push button system to make it easy, whatever. You know, hustle is always there because it's your drive and it's your passion. So, you know, you actually do it for fun. Like I enjoy doing. It. Yeah. So guide me. You know, guide me from that from that transition. So you you had your idea. You had the aha moment to start the podcast. And then, you know, you started getting the awesome guests and, and, and you know, which is fascinating because you're actually learning from the people. How did that transition into starting your own company after you created your podcast? Sure. Um, well, and, and here's the thing that a lot of people think of, like they think they start this thing and like they're making like thousands of dollars a month later. Um, that's not really true. It's a lot of work and a lot of effort to get there. So in that first month, um, I did 10,000 downloads of a brand new show because I sent out 3,000 LinkedIn messages. Um, 700 emails. I was grabbing people's phones in public places and saying, subscribe to me. So it, it, it was a lot of work up front to get traffic. And that's what I think people don't understand. They just think they push submit and, you know, whoever they're hosting is, and it's in iTunes. And, you know, all of a sudden you're John Lee Dumas. Like it doesn't work like that. It's a lot of work to get there. So I really was grinding it out for quite a while. And I had a lot of guests I was chasing for. I chased Grant Cardone for almost two years before I got to interview him, which was, which is a year and a half or so. Um, which was an awesome interview that I got. Um, I got to interview Modest Yahoo, one of my favorite musicians. So the interesting thing is the better content I created, the more I learned from a lot of these people, the more my own stature started to rise. And I'm 325 interviews in now at this point, but I didn't really feel like I was really good at it until about 250 interviews, which is, which is the crazy part about it. You know what I mean? So it took a lot of work to start feeling like I was really any good at it and that I could really create something that was super valuable. So once I felt better at that is when I really started to see a difference with what I was doing. So, you know, fast forward to November of last year, I went to a live event called Amplify Live. And I think sometimes as like somebody that we see ourselves as an artist, I kind of saw myself as an artist of creating this podcast and this thing. And I wanted to make money, but I couldn't make money off of it. And we kind of put this block there for ourselves of, you know, we can't make money off of our art. I was kind of like, well, finally, how can I do something off this? So I started producing podcasts for other people because I was really good at it. And um, that's where Slate Media Production started. And uh, one of the things we did before we put people, you know, put together their show was we put them on other shows because it helps you to learn how to interview, to interview people yourself. It kind of like helps you learn that flow and feel better about it. So that was one of the things we were doing. And then in December, I was approached by uh, one of my friends in Israel, Daniel Geffen, and he said, hey, let's put people on podcasts. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm already doing that. Um, so it wouldn't hurt to have somebody, you know, doing the sales end of things since I'm really good at the delivery portion. And that's where Get Featured came from. And it blew up very quickly as we work with a lot of people in our network. Um, we knew a lot of podcast hosts. And really, that's kind of what brought me to where I am today. And a lot of what I've learned about getting press and all these different things um, because my wife has a PR background. So she's taught me a lot of stuff over the years while building these different businesses as well. That's quite the fascinating connection there with, you know, how it turned out your friend, your wife. And and I see that, you know, I've, I've been seeing her too on Facebook. She's all over the place doing a lot of cool stuff too, man. That's kudos to you. You chose a, a keeper. Well, it's, it's funny because <laughs> we didn't start in the same place. You know what I mean? Like we were on totally right. opposite ends of the spectrum and now we're somehow in the same place. I guess I came, came to her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So 
when you when you decided to start your first one, you know, you were going to start producing podcasts and help people produce, which, by the way, you know, it's a lot of work. I mean, you know, just just getting the guests, recording, editing, publishing, and then promoting. It's a ton of work. Yeah. So what was the, you know, that moment that the, the for the first six months, how did you feel about it? What was going on in your mind when you were starting that business? Um... It's, it's funny because I didn't really, in that first six months, I didn't really care about the money or anything like that because I was producing a great product. You know what I mean? I was really doing a great job with getting the show out there. So for me, it was just continuing to get higher level and higher level and higher level influencers. So that's what I, that's for me always kind of maintained the main thing. Um, so really I was just concerned about show integrity and what I was creating early on. So it was, I wasn't really caring about money or a lot of these things, you know, at first I was caring about creating quality content and something that was really going to help each, you know, help people. And I think that's where a lot of online marketers and, and people in the digital space screw up is they're always thinking about from day one, how can I monetize? And they forget to like actually make something people want, you know what I mean? Rather than like, how can I make money now? Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally true. I mean, you know, it's always a matter of, of producing value and providing that value for people and, and actually have a meaning, you know, have a clear why, why, you, why are you doing this? Yeah, absolutely. So it, it, at any point, did you ever feel like quitting either the podcast, the company, did it times get rough or something like that? You, you know, not since I started it, because I always had this kind of big goal there of what I was going to do. And like I had mentioned early on, I had a job on the side, man. And I think that's what a lot of people don't think of. Um, Cal Newport, who wrote a book called So Good They Can't Ignore You, talks about not really you know, following your passion because it's, it's a bad idea. I look, looked at something I was good at. I had money to support me, so I wasn't freaking out. And I built something alongside of it. And when there was enough there with all this other stuff, I quit the other stuff I was doing. So, so for me, there wasn't really ever a moment where I'm like, oh my God, this has to work or it's all over. Um, it was more or less like I had something there. And as what I was doing kind of, you know, past it in the stream, I just switched over. That's awesome, man. What do you think would be one of the, of those, um, the hardest moment you went as an entrepreneur, um, not necessarily money wise, but you know, you just, you just, I don't know, you, you felt lost, you felt client of close. I mean, kind of the, you know, the, the doors closing on you or something like that. Did you ever have one of those moments? You you know, not since I started it, because I always had this kind of big goal there of what I was going to do. And like I had mentioned early on, I had a job on the side, man. And I think that's what a lot of people don't think of. Um, Cal Newport, who wrote a book called So Good They Can't Ignore You, talks about not really, you know, following your passion because it's, it's a bad idea. I look, looked at something I was good at. I had money to support me, so I wasn't freaking out. And I built something alongside of it. And when there was enough there with all this other stuff, I quit the other stuff I was doing. So, so for me, there wasn't really ever a moment where I'm like, oh my God, this has to work or it's all over. Um, it was more or less like I had something there. And as what I was doing kind of, you know, passed it in the stream, I just switched over. That's awesome, man. What did you think would be one of the of those um, the hardest moment you went as an entrepreneur? Um, not necessarily money wise, but you know, you just you just I don't know, you, you felt lost, you felt client of close. I mean, kind of the, you know, the, the doors closing on you or something like that. Did you ever have one of those moments? I don't know if it was as an entrepreneur, but more of in life. Um, when I was 19, I was playing a uh, pickup football game and I stepped in a drain and tore all the major ligaments in my knee and uh, had what was supposed to be like a, a simple surgery, which turned up, they messed up the anesthesia and they couldn't get me breathing again. And the priest actually came in and gave me last rites. 
Um, and they, you know, I had this whole out of body experience and everything else. And it's funny cause I told you the story I went through and you think like your life would change and the heavens would open up and all this stuff would happen, but nothing changed. And I kept living somebody else's dream. Um, until at 24, my mom had her stroke. And for me, that was a really, really, really emotional situation because she was one of the strongest characters in my life. And she lost her ability to use the right side of her body. She lost her language skills. And I guess seeing somebody else's mortality finally made me see my own like, hey, dude, you almost lost this thing yourself. Now you almost lost a parent. Like, what are you going to do? Like, what, what are you going to do to create something for yourself rather than continually living somebody else's dreams? So I think for me, it was more of a wake up call rather than, you know, something in my business journey, which is, you know, kind of been that moment. It was more of a personal moment of really making me make a decision to, to do something for myself. How and and you know it's it's quite a strong story. How were you able to um, not only think about okay, you got to do something, but how did you change and shift your mindset? What were you doing back then to kind of turn your life around? Uh, you, you know, it it wasn't something that initially hit right away because it was it was um, March of 2013 when she had her stroke, and it wasn't until towards the end of that year than I even did anything because I was frozen by fear, Christian. Like I, I was like, kind of like, okay, I'm just going to sit here. And it was something that kind of marinated with me for a while before I finally, you know, had number one, had enough at my job. And number two, really had a full realization of what had happened to me. So I, like we mentioned my wife earlier, I've always been lucky to have her because she's always seen something else in me that I didn't see myself. And she's always kind of pushed me towards that direction of having more control of my life. So for me, it was really having her in my life and kind of being in a place where I could now have it um, because it kind of took me a little bit more life to beat me up a little bit before I got there. Right. Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's the, you, you really can't change overnight. You know, there's a process you need yeah. to go over, you know, everything. And so anybody listening, I mean, you know, it's important to always keep in mind, you know, everything takes time. And I know we us millennials, we don't have patience. Like I was listening, <laughs> I was listening to this on a conference the other day is like, you know, the reason why most millennials are not successful is because they don't have patience. And that's like, that's me. <laughs> I, I, was know, just but... a, I was just at a podcast mastermind over the weekend and we were talking about like monetization strategies and uh, Nathan Latko was one of the guys in the panel and they're asking him like how, how he's monetizing and he's going through all this stuff and he goes, but I don't think it's really something anybody else could duplicate. And he goes, you know why? Because I'm a millennial and I'm not patient and the whole room just kind of burst out laughing. So yeah, I totally get that. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny, man. So, you know, it's, it's like anything else. I mean, it takes time and, and definitely if you want to change your mindset and you want to do things different, you know, there's a process like even reading, following other people, you know, kind of getting involved in that, on that atmosphere. So, I mean, it looks like you've come a long way and you've done a lot of great things, Jeremy. But what do you think it would be the, the number one secret to your success that's keeping you going, that's keeping you hustling, and that got you to where you are right now? Well, it's funny because I talked about doing life insurance for a while and that I didn't really like, like it all that much. Because um, I will say, first off, network marketing is like kind of a crash course in business. So you're going to learn how to do things a lot of the right ways and a lot of the wrong ways. Um, so that kind of like got me started. Um, but I learned a lot selling life insurance. And the biggest thing was um, that was when I picked up the 10x rule by Grant Cardone. Um, you know, I was making 10 phone calls a day and I'm like, why aren't I selling anything? You know, why aren't I, you know, making any money? And that was kind of when I realized, okay, make a hundred to 150 a day, and then you're going to make some money. So it's really taken me to learn estimation of effort, right? The amount of work you have to do to actually get one of something was the biggest thing I learned during that point in time, because we think right away when we do our, get in our first sales job, if we don't close 80% of sales, something's wrong. And then we find out later on, well, if you're closing 20%, you're really good. 
Um, it's like in baseball, if you hit 300, you're awesome, but you're striking out 70% of the time. So it's this whole thing of, of really realizing and kind of getting that reality on how much work I have to do to get anywhere I want to get. And I've taken that into every single thing I've done. Um, everybody that works with me or works for me knows how big I am on the amount of action you're taking. But you, if you take that action, I'm going to reward the hell out of you and I'm going to validate the hell out of you. So I think that's really the biggest thing I picked up is how much action you need to take to actually get something done. Right. That's that's very, very true. I mean, you know, you we we always underestimate everything. And and when we don't see the result right away, you know, you start, let's say you start posting on social media, you post a couple of times, you didn't get a sale. It's like, oh, no, social media doesn't work for me. Right. Um, you know, and it's like that on everything. I mean, but it's all about, you know, you got to keep going and you got to keep pushing and and basically 10x whatever you're doing. So if you're making 10 calls, you know, make 100 now. If you're sending 10 call emails, now send 100. Well, and here's the, here's the point to that too. When I started my podcast, one of the things I also talked from that same, took from that same thing is I made a list of the hundred people I most admired and I spent eight hours individually emailing every single one of them. And I had a really great response rate from that. But here's the thing. I emailed a hundred people like that's, that's really, really, really important. And then you are going to get to talk to some of those influencers you really admire. Right. Yeah. And I got to start doing that too. You got to make my list because i'm running kind of uh, i'm running you know how when when you you think about it it's like it's an unlimited stream there's a lot of people mm -hmm. but then when i start seeing like i should have a list of like the top people that i want so i can go after them um like i'm stuck there so i'm gonna have to start my own list now well i'll, I'll tell you what man like like almost two years later i still run off that same list like the other day um after almost two years of following up i just interviewed robin sharma um, who was on that original list. And he's like, he's like, so you know why I'm doing this interview? I'm like, why is that? He's like, because you've been sending me an email every month for the last two years. He's like, way to persist, man. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. That's a great story. So um, I want to change gears a little bit from your story because it's an amazing hustling story and it thinks it, it thinks it's very motivating. But I want to take a chance to play the hustle round with you, where it's basically where we play this word game. I throw a word at you. And the very first word that comes to mind, it's the one you say out loud. And there's no limit, so whatever comes to mind, go for it. <laughs> you, you, you sure you want to do this, man? I don't know what may come out of my mouth here. It's all good, man. Part of the hustle. <laughs> all right, let's do it. Hustle. Gary Vaynerchuk. Work. Cardone. Employee. Lack of freedom. Boss. This is going to be weird. I had a t teacher in high school that used to say pretty boss all the time. <laughs> it's all good. Rules. Made to be broken. I don't like them. College. I went for too long and I owe too much money. <laughs> Fear. It's the enemy of progression. Weakness. Um, fear is weakness leaving the body. <laughs> Strengths. Muscles. <laughs> Motivation. Uh, it's pointless. And last but not least, books. Three shelves of them right here and then the one behind me. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Love it, man. Awesome. So can you tell us, you know, everybody that is listening, all the hustlers that are, you know, are inspired, including me, you know, we're inspired by your story and, and all the stuff that you've overcome with time and, and how you have been basically redone yourself a couple of times you know you you change industries and you change what you were doing and now you're doing something completely different that was not in the plan yeah what do you 
you know, what would you say to to the hustlers that are listening to us right now? You know, some words on motivational quote to keep pushing. Maybe they are on the fence on trying to quit their job to start their business, or maybe they're they're already started the business, but they're not at the point where they, where they want to be. What would you say to them to inspire them to keep going and to keep hustling? Well, it's it's more of a I guess a podcasting quote, but I'm going to quote Dave from School of Podcasting here. And the thing he always said is, "Your podcast title is not set in stone, and you can take that and you can move it to everything you do in life." Anything you do isn't set in stone. You can always pivot. You can always do something different. Don't think that this single thing you ha you're working on has to be the thing you're doing in 20 years. So be willing to pivot and be willing to do what you have to do to make things happen. That's awesome. And it's very, very true. I mean, you know, nothing, nothing is it's, it's sad. I mean, you have the opportunity and the, the freedom to do whatever you want and chase it and, and change how many times, whatever, you know, you can fail a hundred, but you just need once to make it successful. So go for it. But yeah, James Altucher failed in 17 businesses, but has $3 million businesses. So go figure. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, you know, I really appreciate you, you uh, sharing your story, being very honest and transparent with us that, you know, I, I told you at the beginning, that's how we roll here. We try to keep it super real, super, you know, busting the overnight success myth, because I think, you know, there's a hype, you know, and I'm sure you've seen it. You're, there's a hype with the push a button for the 10K a month or or the million dollar in 30 days kind of thing. Well, because they don't want to tell you that part because you won't buy anything from them. But anyway. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. But, you know, it's for me, uh, at least on me, you know, it started creating a, a, a like a, you know, a fake um, idea of what success looks like. And I started seeing that on people. And it's like, no, we got to do something. So we got to get, you know, do something real and, and behind the scenes of every entrepreneur. So, you know, I, I'm really honored to have you here and have the opportunity to talk to you and, you know, very grateful and I wish you nothing but success. And I just want to give the opportunity, you know, you know, take over the mic and, and invite people to follow you around. How can they connect with you? How can they follow you? Sure. Um, you can find me on all the social channels. I am at Jeremy Ryan Slayton. Like I told you earlier, I only use my middle name, not because I'm egotistical, because I'm actually named after a cowboy actor. Um, so people can actually <laughs> find me on Google. Um, my website is jeremyryanslate.com. And for all your listeners, I actually have a free book, um, 100 page ebook on how they can use a podcast to build a personal brand. That's over at jeremyryanslate.com slash podcast book. Awesome, man. We appreciate it. And I'll make sure that I link everything in the show notes as well. So head on over to thehustleshow.co slash THS36. And, you know, you'll be a click away to download the free ebook from Jeremy and to connect with him. And again, Jeremy, you know, thank you so much for being here. It was a, it was an honor. It was real, real good episode. Very inspiring story. And I just can't wait for it to go live. Thanks, brother. I appreciate you having me. Rock on. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in to the Hustle Show audio experience. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. And even if you didn't, make sure you subscribe to the podcast right now. It's still free. Visit thehustleshow.co for all the show notes and to watch the video experience of this episode. We'll see you soon.